Hey, what's going on, guys? Thanks for tuning back into the next episode of Drugs and Stuff. Today, Dave and I discuss the topic, if you don't plan to compete, should you even take steroids? I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, too, so feel free to comment below uh, and feel free to comment with your questions for the next show. Speaking of which, we have a bunch of questions today. There are timestamps below if you want to skip around. And listen, if you guys enjoy the show, then do me a favor, hit the like button, leave us a comment. All that stuff helps to boost us up in the algorithm. And if you are new here, then I encourage you to subscribe because we have several bodybuilding podcasts coming out each week and we'd love to have you along for all of them. All right, guys, let's get to Dave. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for some additional savings. <laughs> Guys, today uh, we had gotten a question that I thought would be very interesting to tackle. Uh, should you even use gear if you are not competing? So that will be our topic today. Plus, we have some listener questions to our people in the live feed. Feel free to comment with any questions you have. Anybody who's watching this on YouTube, uh, feel free to comment below. We'll tackle your question on the next show. And thank you, by the way, for all your awesome comments on the previous episode. Dave, we got a ton of feedback on uh, people's like worst cycle experiences, worst compound experiences. Uh, and that leads us to today. We, I, I, uh, I see... First of all, the cabbage is back by popular demand. Yes. Um, so it's um, been um, cabbage has been missing uh, because cabbage has had some problems. So cabbage has been in rehab. What? Yes. Well, you've got the picture evidence. Let's see here. Whoa, whoa. There we go. What is that? What's going on there? So cabbage, cabbage has been in rehab. Um, we we caught he got a little bit addicted to sprout juice, so we had oh. to huh. intervene. Huh. How's he doing? Uh, now? But he's, he's back. He's smiling. Yes, he's back. Um, it's been a busy week. Obviously, with Fitex at the weekend, mm. and and then unfortunately, it's not been the best of weeks with the passing of John Meadows. Um, yeah. My condolences go out to his family and friends. And also in the UK, the passing of Dave Morris. Uh, mm. So again, condolences go out to his family and friends. Yeah, and I think really that's all that needs to be said on that at the moment. Yeah, I will uh, have more to say on that later, guys. I need a little bit of time to process, is what it comes down to. But, no, but yeah, give the family some space. But uh, you know, Dave was a very, very much like guy in the UK. Obviously, John internationally was a very much like guy, and and. My condolences go to their families and may both rest in peace. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's crack into this topic, man, because uh, I, I think it's a good question. It's something that kind of came up twice recently. Uh, the idea, if you don't plan to compete, should you even consider using steroids? And I thought to myself when I saw this one, I was like, I'd be really curious to hear what Dave had to say about this. I, I don't even quite know exactly how I want to explain my thoughts. I have a few different random ideas, but I feel like if I listen to you talk, I can just copy what you said. Oh, so <laughs> throw me under the bus first. It's basically your approach and see no. how that goes down. I have some ideas. I do have some <laughs> ideas, but um, but it's going to take a minute, I think, to talk it out. So I'd be curious to hear though uh, what you have to say. This is... Um, 
This is a very strange topic in the sense that there is, I don't think there is a right and wrong answer in this in any way, shape or form. Um, and a lot comes from a, a, an individual's personal perception of what they value. So it's very easy to say, well, no, if you're not competitive, you shouldn't be using drugs or you don't need to use drugs. Yeah. But the truth is very, very simple in that why not? You know, we all have a freedom of choice uh, and that would be like saying, well, you don't need to drink alcohol unless you're going out to a party. You can get drunk by yourself every night at home. That's perfectly normal. In fact, that's what everybody yeah, but, does, right? Yeah, so why, why, would, why would that be any different to someone wanting to use steroids for personal use? Yeah. You know, so if someone wants to invest in their physique and they feel that they require or need steroids in order to achieve the look that they want, then uh, that's their personal choice. Yeah. The only thing I would say is that they need to also take responsibility of the risks involved with doing that. Absolutely. No matter what their goals and that, are. And that's where I get a bit narky about it is you can't blame drugs for health problems when you chose to take them or the sport yeah so you know a lot of people will look to drugs to fill holes in diet or holes in training in problem to be fair i'm probably gonna get some hate for this but i would suspect that actually there are more steroid users using steroids as a crux to cover up poor diet and poor training oh yeah than there are using steroids as a complement to good diet and good training. Hmm. Uh, but then at the same time, and you could then say, well, you know, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't cover up holes in your diet with steroids. Well, yeah, I suppose in a moral high ground it possibly is, but then I shouldn't drive to the shop, which is only half a mile down the road. <laughs> I should bloody walk. You probably shouldn't, Dave, got, as a matter of fact. But I've got a car, and, yeah. and cars are invented to make life, life fucking easier. So you should take so steroids to make your I life can, easier? Is that what you're saying? Well, all I'm saying is I can't stand in judgment of that because who am I to say that someone can't use a compound that makes their progression that they re they desire easier? Yeah, or, or what about better? Is, what about better, too? Well, it, because there is that. Like, yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. <laughs> but your chance of, say, say you want to grow as much muscle as you absolutely possibly can uh, your ceiling is going to be a lot higher if you were to use uh, any level of antibiotics, right? Of course right? it is, but let, let, let's be honest here. The vast majority of people that use steroids don't even look like they see the inside of a fucking gym these days. There is that. No, you know, it's true, and they use it because it means they don't have to be tight on the diet and they don't have to be as focused on their training. But I don't think you can stand in judgment of that as long as that individual is honest about where they are with that. Yeah. You know, and that's where it all falls a bit down because people don't like to admit that their diet is shit or their training is shit and that's why they're using the drugs. I but think that's, they, that's one of the reasons here on the Think Big Network that we always do try to promote putting the nutrition and the training first because yes absolutely if you were to half-ass diet and just maybe add a couple protein shakes in and then bang in some deca and some test you're gonna get bigger if you keep going to the gym and all that um but big picture 
you're going to have to depend on more gear and higher doses and you're going to set yourself up for more potential health risks versus if you have all that other stuff nailed, then adding in a little bit of gear, which is going to potentially be safer on your health, uh, could be a much, uh, a much healthier, softer option. Well, the, the big problem, and this is where I see a lot of issues, is when you rely on the drugs to create the results, yeah. you can't leave the drugs. Mm, true. You leave the drugs, the results go. And so this is where we start to get this addictive personality sort of set up or we start to get this dependency forming because people start to associate their identity with the way they look and then when they try and stop the drugs they they realize that they can't maintain the physique which means they can't maintain their identity yeah and so as a result of that they go back to the drugs and that's when we start to see problematic behaviors that's like addiction then at that point and there's studies out there that are supporting that, that addiction from steroids does exist both not just physical or psychological dependency but actual real world addictions hmm. Um, I mean, I'm not going to stand and say you shouldn't do steroids if you're not doing the X, Y, Z. It's a personal choice. Yeah. But I think it's important that the individual is honest with themselves. And that's where I think it falls down. Uh, because people are, people convince themselves that, you know, when's the last first time you talk to someone and said, all right, do you train? Oh yeah, I train hard. Yeah. Hey, I, a couple of things, you Dave, know? I like, first of all, the way you said Z instead of Z. I thought that added a level of class to our programming. Uh, I thought that was I definitely... speak English. Second, uh, Paige has chimed in a couple times. I do want to shout Paige out because she joined the ranks of the IFED the other weekend. So we have another kick-ass female pro that watches our, our program. There is that. And third, if... I don't plan on going to the beach. Should I still train my abs? Yes. You see what I'm saying? Like, if I don't plan on taking my shirt off, should I still try to make my abs pop out? Well, like, <coughs> it's kind of a similar question. Thing, We've got this ideal, which is training first, diet nailed, then drugs. Sure. But then we've also got this reality, these drugs work. You know, these drugs increase muscle mass. These fat burners lose fat. So if that's the case, then do I really need to put as much effort into my training? Because mm. I'm not really in this for the pleasure of training. I'm in this for the end product. Yeah. You know I mean? I'm into this because I want to look good on a beach or I want to look good physically. I, I, I'm not really in this because I love going to the gym. Yeah. So then anything that helps me achieve that goal and minimizes the effort I have to put in, for me, is a bonus. But a lot of the people that have that mindset don't always have an understanding of the potential risks. And I mean, that's not to say that every person that uses steroids is going to have health problems, because they're not. But if you're not aware of the risk, you don't know what you're looking for, so you don't know when you start to see symptoms of things going wrong. Yeah. Um, that's, and, I think, so the that's big problem. Be, yeah, and that's where it starts to become problematic. So I don't think you can say that someone who's not competing should not use steroids. I, I think the use of a drug is a personal choice in the same way that the use of 
drinking alcohol when you go out is a personal choice. Yeah. I'm not a big drinker. Generally, if I go out, which is rare, but if I do go out in that sort of, chances are I probably won't be drinking at all. I'm more likely to drink at home on a Sunday evening and just have a glass of whiskey while I'm relaxing. Can we get you drunk on uh, one of these episodes one night? No, you do not want that. Oh man, I would I I would find that quite fascinating. Case study of Dave Crossland. We'll have like the bottle of whiskey sitting right there, and you, you know, it'll go down through the show. Reputation for saying shit rather directly <laughs> and bluntly. Should we do the show live? The years I've developed the, the, the years I've developed a bit of a filter to protect people from that side of me. Yeah, that, that filter would be gone. It's going to be well and truly fucking turned off if you get me pissed. <laughs> It'd be gone. It'd be like, it's it. It's all coming out now. I I, uh, I, I I agree with you. I think here's the thought, man. I think that, you know, it's all in perspective. I've met plenty of natural guys who say, hey, why, why is that guy even taking steroids if he's not competing? And that that guy's perspective is that steroids are this shortcut so that you can be lazy. Some people will see a steroid user as being like, oh, that guy's just being lazy because he doesn't want to work as hard. So he is using steroids. The other end of that spectrum is... Uh, I want to achieve everything that I possibly can. Uh, so if you don't want to, if you don't think that steroids are okay with that, uh, what about creatine? Uh, you know, what, what about protein? What about any supplement at all? What about increasing your diet? Like, you know, sh- what, what, where should you draw the line? I personally think the line should be drawn. And I think you're agreeing with me at health and I don't care what your goals are. I don't care if you're trying to become Mr. Olympia to me, uh, it would be not a successful run, even if you won Mr. Olympia, yet you had some sort of severe organ failure, you know, following it. I, I just it's, I just don't think it's worth it in that case. But hey, outside of that's that, down to the, yeah, that's down to the individual's personal risk reward ratio. Yeah. And that's my personal take on it. That's yeah. my personal opinion. If somebody else, you know, you, you hear the stories or you've you've heard the insights that they've had talking to Olympic athletes that said, hey, if I could win, I would exchange that for, you know, whatever it was, five years of my life. I'll die five years earlier mm-hmm. or 10 years earlier. You know, what are you willing to give in order to win in your sport? I, I do think it can become it can become a, a, a very personal question. That said, I also agree, man, that it is not our place to judge anyone else based on the decisions they make. Uh, I mean, it, there is no denying that people do use steroids as a shortcut. They use steroids almost as a cheat system. But there is also no denying that there are people that use steroids to enable themselves to train harder Absolutely. and longer Absolutely. and endure more. Uh, and so there is no one fit. There are both ends of the spectrum. And it, it just basically comes down to personal choice because you could have this argument about so many things in our lives. Absolutely. Okay. You know, we, we live a world of convenience, and this is just another way of being convenient. Okay. Well, listen, I think that we got some good stuff out here. Uh, we had a few great comments I didn't get a chance to put up. Uh, we do need to move on. Uh, because we Ooh. we do have several questions. Yes, David. Is that the highest number of viewers we've ever had? 18. We're at 18 people. Guys, you can't go anywhere. Don't leave. Tell your friends to join us. Don't leave. <laughs> you don't even, you don't have to watch. You don't have to watch. You can put your phone down. Turn the volume down. Just help us make us look like we're doing good. 
Yeah, guys, we don't usually have a lot of people on the live feed. It's just our small little Facebook group, Think oh, Big Bodybuilding. Yeah, you've said that, and we bloody lost one. Somebody left. Thanks, Dave. I blame you. You said, no, you, it's you. You shut up and don't talk. Let Christmas Cabbage talk instead. The amount of times that you've told me to shut up. I've also told you to do something else, but you're not pressing the button. I'm not going to press that button because one of those 18 people could be my mom watching. All right, we got to keep this show. Your mum's not on there. We got to keep this. We got to keep this show. Like you, you told me. (laughs) All right. She says she just feels it's a civil duty to put up with you. Listener questions, uh, and Dave, I had a listener question for you. I'm debating starting a steroid (laughs) a steroid cycle of my own. Uh, okay, 400 I, milligrams of test a week. You suggested that before, so I I will not take I will not take cuts though because we do have some other questions. In fact, we had a few people chiming in the live feed. Uh, once again, guys, if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to comment below. Dave, what's that? Twenty. We made it to twenty. Oh my god, we hit the twenty. This is like a telethon. Um, all right. Well, it's going back down now. Nineteen. <laughs> I've been on TRT amounts for several years. I use it consistently and rarely take breaks. Is it in my best interest to take breaks? And if so, how long? I only taking 200 milligrams per week. If you're on TRT and you've been on for several years, then you can't take a break. Uh, for the no. simple reason is your natural hormone production just won't exist anymore. Um, however, you do need to see what your dosing is relating to in your blood work, i.e. what your test levels are running at. 200 isn't astronomically high, but for some people, I mean, I have seen people that do need a dose as high as 200 in order to maintain natural levels. Yeah. But for most people, that's going to put you above range. And when you go above range, then we start seeing complications with blood thickening, lowering a HDL and things like that. So it's not that you need to take a break. You may be better running at a slightly lower dose. But the first thing would be to check where your <clears throat> body is in relation to the doses you've been running. I think that's a good move. All right. I've got nothing to add to that. We'll jump to our next in the feed question. Uh, Best way to clear mild acne from TRT. Less than 15 spots on lower to mid back. Uh, Getting bloods in September. So no leads on that just yet. Thanks, chaps. This dude is totally British because you guys always say spots. Like we don't say like spots. I'm getting some spots on my shoulders. We'll say like pimples, zits, something I like that. Would we also don't say chaps. Lower, lower back acne would be more a case of environmental rather than particularly just hormonal. So generally hormonal acne will be upper back, shoulders, facial. Lower back usually means that there's heat or moisture. Mm. that's building in that area, particularly if you've got a job where you sit a lot, driving is terrible for it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying that the hormone situation isn't helping the, helping it, but I would I would review 
where you are in, you know, do you spend a lot of time sitting down? Are you sitting in a, 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 a do, do you do a driving job? Is that why you're? Ah, look at that. I have been sitting a lot recently. Then that would possibly be the driving behind it. Do you sit, is it like a driving chair you sit in or is it like a chair at home? If it's a driving chair, though I hate to say it, the sort of bead mat things um, will create air circulation around your lower back, which will keep it fresher, reduce the sweating in that area, and hmm. hopefully reduce your acne. You don't like the bead mat things? You said you hate to say it. Well, because they're old man shit, aren't they? It's like blanket on back shelf and stuff like that. Yeah, put a little afghan on the back window. Get yeah, like a, it's just maybe a shit, shit you do when you're getting old, isn't it? You know what I mean? little you know, dream catcher. Little dream catcher from driving, rearview mirror. Driving gloves. Yeah, driving gloves. Leather sofa at home. That could definitely, definitely be contributing. Yeah. Massively. Yeah. All right. I'd, I'd agree with you. I know, too, that, um, you know, a lot of people like to use the uh, the sweat belts, the sauna belts. Uh, and, and I've used those to see what would happen, uh, leading into a contest. And then guess what? I've ended up getting lower back acne that wasn't happening before. Even when I'd keep the thing clean, just cause you're binding everything up, keeping the dirt in, not letting things clear as well. Yeah. He says Bangkok, uh, is very hot and humid. Yes. I could imagine that. I, I would suspect that it may not be the only cause. But I think it will have a very big influence in, in just because of the area. The area is uncommon for yeah. sort of hormone-related spots. All right, let me see what else we've got here. Um, all right. Okay, uh, cycle question. Hi, guys. I'd like to know, how would you structure your gear when transitioning from an off-season to a cut? I was taking 1,000 milligrams of test a week, and I saw good results. I dropped to 250 for six weeks uh, for maintenance. What would be a good way to go about cutting gear for a cutting gear protocol? Thank you. I was just wondering how long I was after said something. Um, I was just playing a game. I was like, "Is he going to say something?" And then I was like, "Well, let's wait and see. Let's just see how long we can uh, sit here." But then I laughed. Six hours later. Yeah, you're, 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 I bet you're crap at blinking stare games as well, are you? I'm sure, Dave. I don't play those games. Um. So if you if you're cycling on about a gram, then that's that's sort of where we know you are with with your limit. Um, I would probably look at something like 250 MIG test, 300, 300 Primo, 300 Mast, or just even just all Mast, okay. 400 Mast. I, yeah. I'm not a fan of big gear cycles for cutting because I don't think you need them. I think you just need enough to maintain muscle mass and a bit more. Um, I, I'm not. I don't think you need huge, huge amounts, particularly if you're only doing like a a sort of holiday cut, you know, a tidy up, you're not exactly doing a comp prep. If you're doing a comp prep, then obviously the dosing is going to get a little bit higher. But uh, yeah, I, I, something like that, 250 test, 300 mass, 300 primo, would, I think would work really, really well. I'd probably Chances keep the are, test a little higher. You'd For, go a bit higher with the test, would you? Yeah, here's, okay, so um, 
Uh, full disclosure, my contests in the last few shows, I had run about a gram a test, okay? And uh, in a show I did in 2015, I thought to myself, well, what if I were to reduce that test? Would it dry me out more? My goal was just to be as hard and dry as possible. And um, a, a very well-respected coach uh, that I, I had talked with on a very regular basis about my prep and got feedback from him. Uh, he said, well, the only thing you'll see is you'll you'll see that more tests will just help you to hold more size. If you try to cut the test down to try to get that extra dry, hard look, you may find that you you do tend to lose a little bit of the volume. Um, you know, and I think that there's a balance to that. I would go higher than what you were suggesting just because of what his experience level has been. If he was at a thousand milligrams, uh, I, I do agree he could get away with much less uh, in a non-contest prep situation, but I wouldn't go less than 500, honestly. I'd go to maybe six, five, six hundred, and then I'm with you, add in like, you know, 300 master on something like that. And I would use master on an ethate because it's just so much less commitment. You get more milligrams per milliliter, you get uh, uh, less injection frequency. So you're, you're, the, the oil volume is less. You can make this whole cycle two shots per week. But I imagine that if we could have two split universes and I were to do what I suggest and you were to do what you suggest with the same person, I, I bet that the differences would not really be that much. It wouldn't be like, oh, God, I'm glad I listened to this guy. I think either way would probably no. fine. You know what I mean? No, uh, I, I don't see it. I mean, it all depends on how hard he's cutting, I suppose, really. That's true, too. The harder he's going to cut, then the more he's going to have to bring the dose up. Yeah. Uh, the only the only danger, I mean, the lower test approach is going to result in much lower estrogen, particularly with Masteron in there. And even more so, the Masteron and Primo are both in there, which will help in the cut, but it's not going to help in, in any way of increasing mass during the cut. True. I think by running the higher test, you'll have more chance of growing into your diet a little bit. Mm. So it would depend on, on where they are and what they want to do. And I'm just basing that too off of his previous experience. But what else do we have here? Oh, we got another one in the live feed. This is from Jed. He says, on TRT, 100 milligrams a week and been on 50 milligrams of Anivar pre-workout for the last four weeks. If I was to up that to 100 milligrams per day for a week before a novice strongman event, would it help with a little more strength? I'm assuming we're discussing the Anivar here, Jed, and not upping your TRT to 100 milligrams per day. I think I I am going to agree with you. He's probably thinking that mm. both. I would be tempted to swap for Oxy. Yeah. At a week out, or would you switch it earlier to see how it affected you if you didn't have any experience with it? I don't think you're gonna have any bad experiences within a week, but yeah, I mean, a week, two weeks. I think the running on Oxy will get much more beneficial from a point of view of strength than you'd get from the Anavar. Yeah. Anivar is good for strength. What if he can't get, let me ask you this, because I guess what I'm trying to lead is, uh, let's say he's getting close to that week right now, and with his resources, his only option would be to up the Anivar. 
Well, yeah, I mean, obviously, you, the higher the dose, the, the more impact you're going to have on your strength. I mean, there's no there's no avoiding that. Um, and, and the Anavar will have an impact, and I don't think 100 milligram per day for a week before is going to be particularly detrimental in any other way. Yeah. 100 milligram for six weeks before, you might start to get a little bit uh, stressy towards the end. But um, so if, if there's no option but Anavar, then yes, the 100 milligram is going to have a positive impact without that. So do you feel like the Anadraw would have like a more, like a faster impact, like to make a difference in a week? Well, yes, I do. I do think oxymethylone has a, a very rapid strength increase impact. Um, okay. and, and I think that the, the A-bombs will, uh, will definitely be more productive from a base of just creating pure strength than the Anavar would. And I actually think you'd probably get away with less. So as you go into 100 for the Anavar, I think you could probably sit at 50 on the um, Oxys and, and, and still get mm. equal results, if not better. He did add, he said, yeah, it's this Saturday and that he only has Anavar. Then in the world, famous words, up the dose, my friend. <laughs> um, Dude, I've met some powerlifters and strongmen that go like radical, like real stupid. Like, so I just took, I, I figured I was coming into the, the meet. I uh, had a whole handful of uh, D ball left. So I took all those on Saturday morning, you know, real ridiculous stuff. Mm hmm. No, I've yet running in on 200 oxy a day and stuff like that. Whew. All right. What else do we have here? Here's one. Don't knock it till you've tried it, Scott. I've been, man, I'll tell you what, dude. Like, a hundred killed my appetite. I The highest orals I've ever done was a hundred mega and a hundred mega boxing. I think you did mention that once before. That does sound... The combo and, sounds good. I don't know about the doses, but that sounds good. And... and and the the pumps were ridiculous to the point where I just couldn't fucking train. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> it was just like four sets in. It's like, I can't fucking move anymore. I'm done. <laughs> I, I would think, yeah, if he's doing the test at Anavar, my thought would be if, if he were to up at 100 milligrams, uh, he, he may see some benefit. I, I don't see Anavar personally as being like, and now we've talked about this before. It's not like the greatest pre-workout oral. I personally like it to be more of a consistent everyday thing. All right. Um, planning to run 550 milligrams of test, and that's going to be 225 test E, 225 test SIP, uh, 100 milligrams of probe. Okay, so 550. Um, 300 milligrams of DECA. I saw that. Yeah, okay. Uh, and 60 milligrams of T-ball split into two doses for the first four to five weeks. I'm 50. Cheers, guys. Oh, wait. And want to bang to get going. Never did gear till last year. So pretty new to this. What's your opinion on it? Cheers, guys. I enjoy the podcast. And uh, missed references from Scott. Huh, okay. Uh, P.S. Uh, would you rec what do you 
reckon on jellied eels as an anabolic agent. Is that like a British food or something? Jellied eels? Right. Dirty bastard. That's all I'm going to say on the jelly eel front. You dirty minging animal. How can you eat that? What is that? No. What is it? Jellied eels. It's eel. As in wiggly worm in the sea thing. In like pieces of it? Or like little ones or what? Um, Yeah, pieces of it. Right. First thing I would be is I very much doubt your 550 mig test blend is real. Mm. Unless it's like he's using a little each. Could that be possible or no? It's possible, but I do suspect that it's not. I suspect that it's a a spurious blend. And if that's real, you're going to be in fucking agony. You're right. You're right. Um, I would tend to go... I wouldn't put the T-ball in to start with. This uh, big bang to get going is a lot of bollocks. Um, you're not going to have a big bang to get going. You're just going to overload your, your body's system with a shitload of drugs and it's going to struggle with it rather than just let yourself get going. Yeah. Um, I would swap it around and go 300 tests, 500 deca and stick the, the, the T-ball in at the back end of the cycle, personally. But we've, I mean, I've gone on about this loads of times on the show. Okay. I don't like football I think it's stupid. I just think you end up creating a lot of toxicity for not much benefit because you're still getting into the groove with everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So somebody uh, had asked us what the, the, why not, uh, why use all those tests together? That This is... And I think you're right, Dave. This is like one CC. This is the guy that the lab is creating this product, and they claim that all these things are in every milliliter. Uh, it's 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 a lab just trying to create something different so they can sell. Um, um, that's that, you see it, it pop up every now and again. They do these monster blends or claim these monster blends in order to try and get people that are a little bit more naive in the use of steroids yeah. to think that well that's going to be better because I get more per mil. And very rarely are they actually dosed at that. Yeah. All right. What else do we have here, Dave? Um, question for the next podcast. Well, before uh, we move on to that, oh, yes. I'd just like to pick up on uh, John Delorio mentioned about Anavaris hard on the joint, not particularly. Uh, and it's more for the last four weeks under bodybuilding show. Why not run test and halo? That will make oh. you insanely strong. Because he doesn't have it. That yeah. that was the thing, John. He he only had Anavar. So he was just asking if it was viable to increase the dose in relation to performance against health. Halo would be a nasty one for strength. You know the Halo makes you very I don't I don't like Halo on its own. See Halo gives you the focus and aggression, but I think you need a compound to back that up. So I know it's a bit of a harsh stack, but I, I would actually look at, for a, a more higher-end performer, I would look at Oxy and Halo together. It, the, the, it, that's something you could use just on, at very specific yeah. times. Oh. You don't need to run that every day. Yeah. yeah. No, not at all. You'd run that. Uh, and I'd generally say for people, you know, put the Halo in on the lift that's the worst one for you. Yeah, I can see that. All right. I'll get back to that question here. Uh, question for the next podcast. He says, I have a similar injury to yours. Oh, uh, at the origin 
of the bicep tendon. Could you please give some tips on BC, BPC subcutaneous injections for this injury? Uh, what exactly, where exactly should I inject uh, as this area contains many nerves uh, and very low fat? Thank you. You can tell them what I've done. My dosing experience has been 500 micrograms twice a day. And I literally just put it right in the front bicep, or excuse me, right in the front delt. Boom, right there. It's it's a yeah, small amount these, of fluid. You insulin needle. You're using an insulin pin. Half and inch. If he's got tendon issues at where they attach at the elbow, then I would be dropping it into the lower heads of the bicep. Definitely. I think he said similar as <coughs> similar as mine. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he said. Oh, so you're talking about the shoulder interfacing up here, yeah. At that well, I'd, I'd still be favoring going into the bicep rather than going into the delt. But the pain for Just me, that bicep tendonitis, is like here, and my bicep doesn't start till right here. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but that tendon is stretching from there to there. So you, by going into the bicep, you're going to leach directly into the tendon rather than going into the shoulder where it's got to leach through, then into the tendon. I just, okay. My thought was get it as close as possible to the actual But you side. are just in a different way. Yeah. So you're injecting into this muscle that sits above this tendon. Yeah. I'm saying inject here so it travels through the muscle into the tendon. Yeah, you could try it. I suppose you could try it. That's my experience, though. With me, uh, that bicep tendonitis always starts like right up at the top, and as it gets worse, it, it crawls its way down. You know, and before it does eventually it get lower, has it what? Has it gone? Yeah, it's. I'm good now. I'm good at least yeah. for now. I'm also. I haven't been able to train hard since COVID. I'm just. You know getting back into it and easing my way back in, but I'm definitely not in an overwork situation. That's the other thing is he's got to figure out what caused this, right? Uh, if he keeps doing the same thing, like front raises for his delts, that's going to be your number one killer. Anything where you're holding your arm out like this is a lot of pressure on that front delt. So I'd have to say, watch that stuff. Mm -hmm. I think we've covered that one. All right. Um, I guess I'm going to ask you a question, Dave. I'm thinking about starting a cycle. Right. Uh, I've been running around 150 tests per week. Okay. I was thinking about increasing that to two times a week and adding with it 50 milligrams, excuse me, 40 milligrams of Tren per shot. Tren Ace. No. No. My thought is uh, I wanted to get higher androgens. I feel like for me, uh, honestly. No, I, it's, not, it's not that I'm against the dosages or that I'm against you using Tren. It's that I'm against you using Tren at this current time. Yeah. What if right. I told you I started it so two what, weeks ago. What was the lasting effect from the COVID? What if I told you I started this two weeks ago? I, I know. I know what you like, but what was the lasting <laughs> effect from the COVID? My, lo my lungs. Your, your lungs? What does trend do to your lungs, Scott? 
doesn't help them. Uh, so, isn't that rather stupid? I feel good, man. To, so, shall we go stand in the naughty corner? <laughs> I feel good, all right? I feel I feel more with it. I feel like, holy shit, I'm fine. Like, I'll tell you the truth, man. I feel like that having used gear on and off for years, my androgen levels just never felt high enough on TRT. It never felt okay, you know? In, in, on many levels. Yeah, it, it's, it is a... I think there's a twofold there. I do think the body does get used to operating with higher androgens. Uh, it's not receptor-based at all. It's downstream from there. But I also do think that we get so used to how we feel on androgens. Uh, yeah, good point, Peter. <laughs> well, I, I have... I. There is something to that. Peter said that's what the clen is yeah. for. So before uh, I started the trend... I thought to myself, you know what? I've tried all these different medications the doctors have given me. Uh, nothing really works. The only thing that really gave me any benefit was my albuterol inhaler that they gave me. It's really expensive, by the way. I started 20 micrograms of Clen uh, about a month ago. And that has been the single best thing to make me feel better so far. And that's like gotten me no, back I'm at training. And I feel better. And I'm pushing my lungs harder. And then about five days after that, I was like, eh. Maybe a week later, I was like, "Yeah, what about a little, it's a little trend?" Have little. you, have you checked your FBC? By the way, I don't know what FBC is. Is that a bank? Full blood counts. No, your red cells. So your full blood count. Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is offhand, but I could get it to you. No, the thing is, I've seen a few people post COVID that have had really low hemoglobin, uh, which has been contributing to the fact that they've been feeling very tired all the time and low energy. Okay, well, my hematocrit. So and it, we and I talked about this with Scott Stevenson. My hematocrit was super high. Uh, my hemoglobin was high as well, uh, and that was from lung damage, basically. And uh, within a month, uh, I brought it down, and it was through my cardio. Uh, mainly was the number one thing. Okay. Yeah. So that was my that was my my story. Well. On paper, I wouldn't have advised it, but you've done it anyway. So. <laughs> all right, Dave. I think that's all we got, man. Just don't be moaning in three weeks' time that you can't fucking breathe. Okay, I won't. Because you'll get no sympathy here, young man. <laughs> and you'll just get sent to your room. Guys, we appreciate you watching. Of course, go to crosslands.org.uk. You can reach out to Dave there. Uh, get your tickets for FedEx for next year because Dave will be there. July or June, June, is it June 9th? July 9th next year. June 9th. July, July 9th next year. Next uh, year. At right. the Expo Center in Liverpool. All right. You're doing something with it, Broderick, it, aren't you? Broderick, yes. Um, so I'm hosting, I think I'm hosting the Sunday school first Sunday in September which we've done live from France when I'm sat in my deck chair outside. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and then we are doing, hang on, I'll actually give you the dates. So we are doing uh, myself, Broderick, and, and hang on. So we're doing Matt Tofson's gym over Grimsby Way on the 28th of september 
We're at a gym in Loughborough on the 29th of September. We're somewhere else on the 30th of September. And then on the 3rd of October, we're at a gym in Birmingham. I can't tell you any more than that because I don't know. And it's going to be myself, Broderick, and the atrophy coach, which is Juris, I think it's, you say Scribans is his last name. Do you say the atrophy coach? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, it doesn't, does it? So maybe I've got it wrong. Hypertrophy? That without so a different guy. Yeah, no, it can't be him. So why have I? Hang on, let me let me look. It's a guy called Juris, anyway. Uh, okay. I'm not way well, sure why I've picked that up from. I've I've read that somewhere and got myself mixed up. But uh, so yeah, that's that's a, a short little tour culminating on the Sunday of the Arnold's. I mean, currently at the moment, I'm not going to the Arnold's unless somebody wants to buy me a ticket and take me there. I'd buy you a ticket if um, I was there, Dave. I'd take you out for a nice dinner, not, take you to the Arnold's. Yeah, I'm, Lucas asked uh, what know. the gym was I, in Birmingham. You don't know the name of it yet, but you will find out. And when you do, you will you will be talking about it. I'm sure. Mm, uh, the, the, yeah, uh, there's a few things to confirm, I and mean, we, we are lit- we've literally only this has only just come up in the last week or so. So we're, okay. we're still discussing the basic workings of it. Oh, I had a shout out to give. Yes, there's a. I I got a new client, and I totally messed up, dude. I sent him my Venmo account, uh, but there's a number at the end of my account. There's also a number at the end of my Instagram and I gave him my Instagram name versus my Venmo name, which is the exact same thing, but a different number at the end. That money got sent to somebody else. And I thought to myself, my heart sank, dude. I was like, Oh shit. Well, I fucked up. And then I just instantly was like, well, listen, dude, see if you can get it back. But either way you hired me, you're obviously going to get you. You paid me for 12 weeks. I was like, you hired me. You you know you got this time, and I just figured, oh, worst case, man, I'm doing this, I'm doing this for free. You know what I'm saying? Like this was on me, so I just instantly owned it, and was like, just don't even think about it. Don't make learn from this, Scott. Don't make this mistake again. And uh, he he did a little bit of footwork. He emailed Venmo, and he was able to get the money back in. He sent it to me. So shout out to Brandon. Appreciate you, man. Brandon, I don't know why you put it up with him, mate. You <laughs> Guys, check out our great sponsor, truenutrition.com. Use our code THINK for some additional savings. Uh, And of course, I appreciate everybody over at Patreon. Uh, And of course, uh, if you need blood work done, go to eval if you're in the UK. Dave, as always, it is a huge pleasure, my friend. It's been good, mate. Um, Speak to you soon. All right.